Welcome, you are listening to the Overseas Life Redesign Podcast, where you'll hear fun, relaxed, and inspirational interviews with people who are really living the dream. I'm Dawn Fleming, an attorney turned alchemist, and your host for the show, coming to you from the tropical island paradise of Isla Mujeres, Mexico. Listen to conversations with courageous souls who stepped out of their comfort zone and designed a new way of life. They'll share their experiences, wisdom and offer practical steps you can take to redesign your life overseas. Listen and you'll believe if you can dream it, you can achieve it. I am here today with Deborah Saracia and uh, we've had a chance to talk a little bit um, over the last couple of months. I met her through my five-day workshop, How to Live in Paradise Without Worrying About the Price Tag. And um, we had a delightful conversation and I wanted to get her on my podcast because she had some really wonderful stories and words of wisdom that I thought were important to sharing. So thank you so much for being with me today, Deborah. I really appreciate your time. It's great to be here. Cool. So um, we were talking uh, before I, I turned on the, the uh, recording about this um, story that she had told me that just stuck with me in my mind about a financial challenge that she and her husband had many years ago that was resolved in an um, a excellent way. And I wanted her to share that. But now just um, before we, we were, when we were talking, she was sort of telling me that about the, the real origins of um, her and her husband's relationship with one another. And I really think there's um, some really golden nuggets in there that, that um, people need to hear. And so if you don't mind, I would love for you to, to talk about sort of the beginnings of your relationship with your husband and um, kind of how you how you started out on your marriage together. Well, I tease my husband all the time whenever we're having an argument because I went six blocks to find a husband. He went over 6,000 miles to find a wife. He was in Canada visiting an uncle who was um, very ill and, and did pass away. And he was staying with another uncle that was here and when we met. So shortly after we met, his mother uh, in Italy was very ill, and he and he returned to Italy um, and got there just a few hours after she passed away, which was kind of sad. Um, I didn't expect him to come back, but he did, and he came back for me. So long story short, we got married with basically one paycheck in the bank. So we started with basically nothing. Um, where he was working, he was working in a hospital at the time, and he used to have lunches there. Uh, it was very cheap to buy lunch, actually cheaper than, you know, making something at home and taking in. So at night, when I was emptying his pockets to wash his uniform, I used to take his spare change, the nickels, dimes, and pennies, um, and leave him the quarters for lunch the next day. And I would save them. And when I would go to the bank with his paycheck to pay bills and whatnot, I would put that change into the bank. So it was sometimes a dollar, sometimes two. And he teased me mercifully with it. You know, it's like, oh, what are you doing that for? You know, it's it's nothing. Well, not too long later, we purchased a building and um, the heating system went. So we needed a new boiler. The new boiler cost $900, which, of course, we didn't have because we were still operating uh, on a shoestring, had no real reserves. 
Um, but I just happened to have almost enough in that little savings account that I kept putting a dollar, two dollars, five dollars in. I had almost enough to pay for a new boiler. So the building had heat. The tenants that were in the building had heat. My husband laughed his head off um, because he had to admit, you know what, that one dollar and two dollars here and there really added up for when we need it. That scenario has played itself out many times over the years. Mm-hmm. And that's basically how we've, we've managed. We, I always set aside a little bit, no matter how small it is, for when you're really in a bind. That emergency fund. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Very important, especially in this, the last year we've been living through. <laughs> Those things uh. can come in very handy. Um, yeah, it's a great story. And like I said, it really stuck with me from when we spoke the first time. Um, and then, uh, tell, if you wouldn't mind sharing, um, the story about going to Italy with your son, um, when he was two and a half. Yeah. (laughs) So we had managed to, um, by that time to save roughly eight or $9,000. And, um, my mother wanted us to buy a house because at that time that was enough money to buy a house. But we had not been to Italy. His family over there didn't really believe he was actually married. Um, so we planned a trip to Italy to take our son so they could meet our son and he could meet his relatives over there. He was only two and a half and he still remembers that trip to this day. He's 50 now. Wow. So we charged our flight to get there. So we would have more disposable spending funds. And we went. We were gone for five weeks, had a wonderful time. Um, Came back home. Our flight was delayed arriving back in Toronto. And we don't live in Toronto. We live approximately four hours from Toronto. And it was too late to catch either bus or train to get back. So we took the last $53 we had in our pocket and rented a car to drive home. When we arrived home, he had taken a leave of absence for, from work. So he didn't know if he was going to have a job because they told him he couldn't take time off before he left. Uh, rent was due. We had no food in the house, uh, phone bills, electric bill, that kind of thing was all due. And we literally did not have any money left and might a couple dollars in change. Um, but Hey, you know, you only live once. So we got home. He, um, went to work the next morning, discovered he still had a job. And not only did he still have a job because he was an excellent worker, uh, and went over and above and did overtime whenever they asked and all of that. So not only did he still have a job, he had his two weeks pay from before we left, um, was waiting for him. Also, statutory holiday pay was waiting for him. And he also had his vacation pay from the from the year waiting for him. So we had enough money to pay all our bills and continue on. So, yeah, it was a risk. It was a big risk. Yeah, my mom was very angry with us for a very long time. But, yeah, our son, who is now 50, still remembers that trip. We have wonderful memories, wonderful pictures. His family got to meet all of our family and accepted that, yeah, this, this previous playboy was now actually married and had a son and they were doing well. 
<laughs> and um, I, I just think that that's wonderful. Like we were talking about um, uh, you're a risk taker. And I think that's one of the reasons we connected um, initially. But um, can you sort of uh, talk about that in terms of is that do you think that's just like your nature or how, how do you think that that came about? I think it's more my husband's nature. Okay. He he tends to um, do things. And I'm the guy who has to figure out how to pay for them. <laughs> <laughs> so he's the spender. I'm the saver. Um, but we work together. We work together well. I've learned over the years, um, you don't tell him no. Uh, because the minute you say no, he's going full steam ahead. Uh, what you do is you say, I think we need to wait a little while. <laughs> and you lay out the program of what's going to take place while you're waiting. And, um, and that seems to work. It, it seems to have kept him, you know, to waiting, you know, maybe a month, maybe six months, sometimes even a year, <laughs> which gives me time <laughs> to get the finances in order. <laughs> sure, sure. So you kind of balance each other out, it sounds like. Yeah, we do. And but at the same time, I, I very seldom um, disagree with, you know, what he wants to do. A lot of it is risky. Um, we started our business with no money. Um, he had a sewing machine. He's a tailor designer tailor by trade. Uh, he, he had a sewing machine um, that was one of the pedal old pedal ones that was actually his uncle. We went to the bank and asked to borrow $350 to buy a used machine um, from someone in town that was selling an industrial machine. They wouldn't give us the money. Um, so I took out a credit card and I put it on the credit card. Ugh. So, um, you know, knowing that I could make payments on the credit card. Right. So it's, it's basically, we take risks, but we also plan we don't take any risks that are going to put us under um let's say we we always make sure that there's the ability to um to fund whatever we're doing um a lot of times needing funding means we work more mm -hmm. um or we do something else that's going to earn us some money um i save whatever i can whenever i can even if it's only a dollar here and there i put it away when I have enough, I invested into something um, that's going to give me back some money. So, yeah, we do have stocks. I do have mutual funds, mm -hmm. um, that type of thing. We bought a building with uh, almost no money down. Uh, we bought a house with no money down. That's another story that's really <laughs> interesting. Um, the government had this program to provide first-time house buyers with a bit of a break. So okay. they actually subsidized part of your mortgage payment. So we bought a house. Now, we didn't have any money. We had just opened our business. We had just bought a camper van, uh, which was quite expensive back in those days. Um, but we only needed $1,000 down to buy the house, which we didn't have. So we made an agreement with the uh, seller, the company that was selling the houses, to pay them the $1,000 down at closing, which we postponed for about a month and a half. Then my husband went into work. He was still working at the hospital at the time. And the house came with a 
um, a fridge and a stove and a washer and a dryer, which we had our own fridge and our stoves. And I had one of those little um, combination washer spin dryers. Mm -hmm. So he went to work that night and he sold the fridge and the stove and the washer and the dryer out of the house to some of the nurses that he worked with on the condition that they didn't pick them up for a month, but they had to pay for it right then and there <laughs> or, or the next night <laughs> when they went into work. So they paid him for the appliances. We put the down payment on the house. And when we moved in, um, he made arrangements for them to pick up the appliances. However, when we closed on the house, we didn't realize that there would be taxes to pay, water bill to pay, closing costs. We, you know, it was the first time we bought a house, so we didn't know that. Um, so that was another story. But anyhow, we bought the house. <laughs> well, that's, uh, that's great. Um, yeah, you take advantage of those, those programs when they um, cross your path. So, um, so you, you've, um, done well with the, the businesses through the years. And at some point, I know you invested in the Dominican Republic. You want to tell yes. me how that came about? Um, my husband's doctor, um, who was a customer of ours at the time we had menswear as well as um, ladies wear, um, came into the shop one day, tossed a photo album and a set of keys on the counter and said to my husband, you're a workaholic, you need to take a vacation. He said, here's a photo album of our condo in the Dominican Republic. Here's the keys to the condo. Uh, make arrangements to go. So uh, that's an order. <laughs> that, that was an order. That was a doctor's <laughs> prescription. So I was actually at the time working at another company. Uh, we needed a little bit of funds. So I got a job outside. I worked in, in our business as well as working outside. So he called me up and said, listen, this is what we have to do. So he contacted a friend who was a travel agent and uh, to make arrangements for this trip, uh, for the flight, and discovered that um, at the particular time that we would have been available to go, there was no flights going into that particular city. We would have to fly in elsewhere, um, and it was into the Dominican Republic. So... Um, the travel agent suggested, listen, you know, I can't get you into Port Plata. He said, but I can get you into Santo Domingo. He said, on an all-inclusive for basically the same price as what a flight into Port Plata would have cost. So I said to my husband, sounds like a plan to me. I, we don't have to worry about, you know, damaging something in somebody else's place. I, we won't have to cook. We won't have to go out and buy groceries or anything like that. Let's do it. So away we went and um, had a lovely one-week stay. Met some people there who were also from Canada, who were um, also Italian. Um, they introduced us to some other people and um, they showed us their condo in a, in a building that there were other places for sale. And we thought, you know, we can do this. So we came home. We sent our, our two boys down for a week to see what if they liked it. Uh, they came back. We went for two weeks with friends um, to have another look. And we bought a condo, um, knowing that we didn't have the money up front. But, uh, you know, credit cards, a little line of credit kind of thing that I knew I could make payments on. Um, we bought the condo. And at first, we couldn't go 
um, for a very long time yearly, but we started going um, for two weeks and then three weeks and then four weeks. And then eventually, as our business evolved, um, we started spending five to five and a half months during the winter in the Dominican Republic. And this year we haven't been able to do that because of COVID, but uh, we're hoping to go down um, sometime in February for at least a couple of weeks. Now, do you rent that out when you're not there or is it it's strictly a second home? It's strictly a second home. There are a lot of um, people, expats um, or, you know, snowbirds like us uh, from Canada and the United States that do rent out their places. Um, we decided not to do that. We've we've spent a fair amount of money doing renovations, making the um, condo to what we want. Um, we live down there basically the same way we live at home. Um, we have a lot of personal belongings in that there. So for us, we prefer just to lock it up. That way, when we get there, we know exactly where everything is. You know, there's sure. so it's just regular maintenance, which being seaside, you probably know that yourself too. There's yeah. a lot of that because salt air um, does a lot of damage. But, yeah. you know, we don't have to worry about not finding dishes or not finding clothes or having things missing. Um, so we just lock it up. And now, how long ago was it that you purchased it? In 1990. Okay, so it's paid for. Yeah, know. it was paid for within five years of us buying it. All right, that's what that's. I assumed it probably was, but um, just wanted to confirm that. So, um, and I imagine it's gone up in value since you purchased it back then. Um, considerably, yes. Yeah, yeah. So it's. Uh, so you not only just you bought it for a second home uh, for for yourselves, but also as an investment um, kind of was that a part of the, the decision or was it really? Um, not not really at that time. We weren't looking at it as an investment. The thing is, down in the Dominican Republic, and I don't know what it is like where you are, but down in the Dominican Republic, um, the area that we're in, because we're on the South Shore, we're not up in the Puerto Plata, Sisua area. Um, so where we are, it's. It's very easy to buy. It's very difficult to sell. Mm. Um, however, I think we paid 50,000 US, um, okay. which was a little bit more for us because we're Canadian. Sure. Um, and right now, if I want a quick sale, I could sell it for a hundred thousand. Okay. If I, if I want to wait, you know, until I find the right buyer, um, we could probably sell it for around 150,000 a US. Okay. So it's not a, you know, for us, it wasn't a big thing. We figure even if we sold it for $50,000 US right now, it does not owe us a penny. We don't pay property tax on it. Okay. Um, so basically, you know, our costs through the years have been our condo fees and our maintenance costs. Okay. So it really doesn't cost us very much to have it. So it's um, it's not a, a large expense. It's pretty inexpensive for those items. Um, yeah, it's not it's not a big expense. I think I think right now um, I haven't looked at the exchange rate lately, but we pay three thousand Dominican pesos a month okay. um, condo fees. So that's I don't know hundred hundred and fifty dollars. Okay, like that. yeah, that's not a not a huge amount. Um, no. And like you say, it's um, they're, they're taking care of the exterior maintenance, right? So, so the salt yes. issues yes. are that's are covered with that. Um, yes, that the the complex we're in, it's actually a, a four. It's a four building, but there's two outside stacks, 
and two joined inside. Um, and each has four apartments. So there's 16 apartments. There is a wall around it. It is gated. Um, okay. But anybody can get in and out. I mean, it's no, it's no big thing to get in and out. We do have um, what they call a Sereno, um, who's more or less supposedly a night watchman. But several years back, we actually built a little um, house on the property. So he lives there and he basically sleeps there and he looks after the garden. He keeps the pool cleaned. He paints the gates when they okay. need painted, that type of thing. So he does general maintenance. On site now. Yeah. Awesome. Um, cool. So, and, and I know uh, when we talked before, you also had some interest in possibly getting a place in Italy. Yes, we, we had that. Actually, before we bought the um, place in the Dominican Republic, we had actually on one of our trips to Italy looked at buying something there. However, um, it was, we heard a lot of thing about black taxes, um, which we didn't want to be involved with. And also, it was a question of, you know, it's quite a long flight from Canada to go to Italy. Um, mm -hmm. And then travel from major airport to where we were looking at buying near the beach sure. um, in southern Italy. And we got to wondering how uh, how often we would actually be able to go. Whereas with the Dominican Republic, you know, it's a short drive to Toronto. Park your car in the long term parking for a week or two weeks. Hop on a flight. You're there in four hours. Right. Um, you know, so it it just and. And the Dominican Republic is actually a lot like Southern Italy, hmm. um, climate-wise and, you know, beach-wise and, and that type of thing. The language is Spanish instead of Italian, but for my Italian-born and raised husband, you know, it wasn't a problem. And I have learned to be, um, I, I wouldn't say that, that, you know, I speak Spanish well, but I speak it enough to get by people yeah. understand me and I can do what I need to do. So mm -hmm. um, it works. We'll be back in a moment. Isla Mujeres is a Caribbean jewel off the coast of Cancun. Castellito del Caribe warmly invites you to enjoy our spectacular oceanfront villa located in the heart of El Centro and a short walk to Playa Norte, which is ranked one of the top 10 beaches in the world. With an ocean view of crystal clear turquoise waters overlooking both the Caribbean and Cancun city skyline, we offer a fabulous location for you to enjoy all the peace and tranquility you're looking for on vacation, while also taking in all the excitement the island has to offer, with activities either in walking distance or a golf cart day excursion away. Please visit CastelitoCaribe.com www.castellitocaribe.com We look forward to seeing you soon. Integrity Vacation Property Management. Trust, truth, results. From buyer's representative services to rental market analysis, staging, marketing, and full-service property management, achieving your goals is our top priority. Visit our website at www.integrityvpm.com and get our free guide, Self-Manage or Hire, a property owner's checklist of issues to consider. Contact us for a free consultation to see if we can help you maximize the return on your investments. Integrity VPM. Raising the bar in vacation property management.
Welcome back to the Overseas Life Redesign podcast. Thank you so much for being here, and we invite you to subscribe if you like what you hear. So, um, yes, we were also um, talking about the uh, your plans for, for the future. And like a lot of people, they were disrupted this year uh, with regard to your your business and, and uh, building plans and so forth. Um, but, but just kind of tell me a little bit about what you're, you're thinking um, in the future after we kind of get through this, this COVID thing and what your, um, what your dream life looks like. Well, back in, in 2019, when we were in Italy, we were looking at um, purchasing a place there, um, thinking that now was the time, you know, we, we actually have been retired and went back into the business. Uh, so we were retired for almost 20 years and uh, just three years ago, back in 2016, went back into the business. So in 2019, when we were in Italy, we were thinking of buying a place. But discussing it, we thought, you know, it really doesn't make sense at our age for us to buy a place. We can just rent. Sure. Now, fortunately, my husband's family home um, is owned by two of his nieces now that his brother has passed. And they don't live there. Um, they, they live in Rome or close to Rome. Um, so we could rent from them, basically. Um, or there are other places in the little town where he was born that, you know, you can do a long-term rental on for several months. So we're still looking at that. Uh, we were going to firm that up in 2020, which of course that trip had to be canceled. So we're still kind of thinking that we're thinking we could spend, um, five or six months in the Dominican where we have a place. We could spend four or five months in Italy, uh, renting. We could spend a month in Canada with our son and uh, his family here, and we could spend a, a you know a few weeks or a month in Florida with our daughter-in-law um, who lives there. Now her our son has passed, but our daughter-in-law is, is there mm -hmm. with uh, her son and uh, is looking forward to being able to see us again because you know that all those plans had to be canceled too. So, sure. you know, we still, we, we haven't firmed up anything yet for the moment we're stuck in Canada. <laughs> um, <laughs> and we might well, end up just, the other Canadians. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. Well, we might end up just staying in Canada, um, uh, keeping our house or downsizing into something smaller here and then just, you know, spending six months in the Dominican and six months here in Canada. So, so things are kind of a little bit up in the air. We, we have several, you know, several pans on the, on the hot plate and uh, just trying to decide once this whole COVID thing is settled, uh, what exactly it is that we're going to do. Yeah. Yeah. I know it's, it's put uh, plans on hold for, for lots of us for sure. 
But um, we have plans A, B, C, and D. <laughs> so. right, exactly. I remember that. Yeah, from the workshop. That was great. I love that. Um, so you start, um, I remember you said you were uh, retired for 20 years. And then um, remind me again, um, what prompted you to start the business? Well, know? my husband's a designer tailor. So um, he it always was in his mind to start a business. Now, when we got married, his uncle, who he was living with, actually before we got married, another funny story for you, okay? I had been dating him for about six weeks. This was before uh, he went back to Italy when his mother passed. And um, on my, I passed by his uncle's house all the time. His uncle used to sit out on the steps. So one day when I was going down, uncle was on the steps. I stopped to say hello to him. And he started talking to me and he said, you know, there's this building, blah, blah, blah. He says that I can rent and Tony can open a shop and you guys can live in the apartment upstairs. I'd only been dating this guy for six weeks. I was only 17 years old. You know, marriage wasn't even in the picture. And here's this guy telling me, oh, you know, why don't you guys get, you know, when you get married kind of thing, I can rent a building. You can, he can open his shop and you can live in the apartment upstairs. No. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> um, a little fast, right? <laughs> it was a little fast, but you know what? Uh, five months later, we were married. <laughs> we grant you, we didn't open a business yet. <laughs> um, we did have opportunities with his family to take advantage of funding to do various things. Neither one of us wanted that. Our our whole thing is, you know, if um, if we get tired of the business, if we get tired of the building, if we don't like what's happening, you know, we can set a match to it and we don't owe anything to anybody. And that's kind of what our philosophy has been. So, yeah, maybe it's taken us a little longer to get where we are. Um, but, you know, we're not beholden to anybody. Right. You've retained your freedom to decide. Yes. Future. Yeah, and that's really important is to have that freedom. So, mm -hmm. you know, freedom in paradise without having to worry about it. Yeah, we're a little bit different than a lot of the people that um, are joining the academy, <coughs> excuse me, that are taking um, your free course, because a lot of them are looking to move permanently out of where they're at. Mm -hmm. And a lot of them are looking at how they're going to fund that. Um, we don't have to worry about that because right. we've we've already done all of that. Right. You know, so now we're just, um, you know, when do we want to really retire for good? And where do we want to be for the entire year? Right. So did you say what prompted the start of the, the business when you went back after 20 years? I think I... Um, <laughs> well... The um, the business is actually, it, it is incorporated, so it is a corporation, and uh, we are shareholders, and it was in the management of um, other people. One of them was a family member okay. um, who, who had a full-time job outside the business and just was at the point where they could not continue. Um, they weren't managing the business really anymore, and the employees that were there did not have the knowledge. Okay. So uh, we went back in to help them close um, because it was just decided to close the business. Oh, I see. Oh, and I don't know. We're just, I guess it's just our personalities. Um, we spent a lot of years serving our clientele. So when we went back to help them close the business, 
and we invited past customers, you know, to come in and say hello and goodbye and reminisce a little bit. So we had grandmothers coming in crying because the shop was closing and their granddaughter would not have a gown from Stacey Fashions. Um, We had grandmothers coming in buying their granddaughter's gowns that were nowhere near graduating or getting married yet, but they were buying graduation gowns for them so that they would have a gown from Sarasia Fashions hanging in the closet, whether they wore it or not. Um, so there were, you know, a lot of, um, a lot of shared memories. Um, a lot of people upset that, you know, family members, we'd done their whole family for years, um, you know, upset that, that we would no longer be there, that there was no longer going to be a very good um, service-orientated um, place in order to get formal um, formal wear and whatnot. And so um, we decided to reopen. Um, we had to change the name because it, it was Seracia Fashions um, and it closed. And there was mega advertising done for that. So we tossed around for a name. um, And finally, you know, we we had like a hundred suggestions from ourselves and staff and family and friends. And finally I said, look, you know, we're getting nowhere with this. I said, the thing is, I said, we're reopening because our customers, our clients throughout the years were so unforgettable. And I said, and obviously we're unforgettable to them. So we're going to be unforgettable. And that's what we are. And that's what you are. <laughs> so the name of, of the business is Unforgettable. Unforgettable, a division of Seracia Fashions Incorporated. Oh, okay. Okay. So, wow. What a great story. I didn't, I didn't realize that was why you, you had, uh, had gotten back here. Are we crazy? Everybody thought we were crazy. We were both <laughs> over 65. We were both retired for many, many years. We definitely don't need the income from it. And in <laughs> fact, uh, neither my husband nor I take very much money from the business. Um, it goes to our staff so that they're a little better paid than than average and it goes to just um you know just upgrading things uh, the renovations that we did to the store uh, we've brought in some higher line um things you know to to meet the the need of those that do have a larger budget and so that kind of thing so we're really not taking very much money out of the bill out of the business ourselves, and now with COVID, we're not taking any money out of it at all. It goes sure. to staffing. What uh, what revenue is coming in goes to overhead and staffing. So um, it's it's given us something to do when we were here. Um, we were still going away after. Well, the first year we couldn't because we had all new staff. None of the old staff remained, um, so we had to train staff. So the first year we didn't. We only took two week uh, vacation to our vacation home. Um, the second year we went for, um, a month or six weeks, something like that. We took a couple of trips down that year. 2019, winter 2019, we actually went for, um, three and a half months. And the November 2019 to March of 2020, uh, we had actually planned to be there for six months and got cold called home early because of COVID. It was like, get home while the border's still open. 
Right. And while flights are still available. So we came home. We we actually now are looking back on the year. We should have stayed there. Yeah, um, right. <laughs> we were actually safer there than we than we were right. here in Canada. <laughs> I know, isn't that funny? Um Yeah. Um, well, obviously you guys are passionate about the business or or you wouldn't do it. And you know me, my philosophy, the soul did not come here to retire. So um, I think that whole thing's overrated anyways. We all need something to do, right, to give us purpose and meaning. And um, the fact that they wouldn't let you close <laughs> is a wonderful reason to stay open. <laughs> and um, I think it's great. So you, you told me, like, a lot of businesses in 2020 um, did not have a good year. It, most retail establishments did not because people just weren't able, you know, to, to do that. And so uh, you were just telling me about your plan to do, uh, what do you call them, virtual uh, fittings? Virtual, vir- virtual appointments. So what we do now is when, when a bride-to-be or for bridesmaids or mother are making appointments, um, brides-to-be, we send them out what we call our getting-to-know-you form and ask them to fill it in and also send us a full-length picture of them so that we can determine body type. It helps us prepare for their actual in-person. So we already know, uh, you know, the basic information, name, phone number, email, uh, the date of the wedding, the venue, um, what their budget is, what styles, if they've shopped before, what styles they like, that kind of thing. So some basic information so that we can prepare for their actual uh, visit in the store. We pull gowns um, to show them that that we think they're going to like. <clears throat> so that we've we've done pretty much all along. Now with the virtual appointments, what we're doing is we're taking that getting to know you and we're 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 going to be doing either zoom or we haven't done one yet um we did try it early in covid and it didn't work out the brides just weren't interested in it but now that we're in lockdown again and now that this thing is dragging on um you know they're getting anxious because they want to get married as soon as they're able to this year because they postponed last year mm-hmm. um but special order gowns take 8 to 10 months and sometimes 12 months now with covid restrictions and pressures so the virtual, we're going to take that basic information. We're going to set up gowns on mannequins to show them um, things that we think will look good on their body type and things that, um, you know, they've said they like if it's bling or lace or, you know, ball gowns, whatnot. And we'll do a, we'll do a virtual um, appointment with them. And then what we're going to try to do is if they are in our local area within a 30 um, mile or 30 minute um, driving range um, from the virtual appointment uh, there will be a slight charge uh, which will go on to the cost of the the price of the gown should they buy but we'll pick three gowns um, that they've seen during the virtual and we're actually going to take them to their home um, pass them in and let them try them on. We'll do some little videos showing, you know, how to do things up and we'll provide clips for them to clip in um, so that there's a good fit. And we'll actually wait outside their home. Um, we'll give them a three hour time limit uh, to try mm-hmm. those three gowns on, which is more than enough in the, in the boutique. Sure. We only have a two hour appointment. So three hours is lots of time to th- try three gowns. And um, should they decide to buy, the the charge will be applied um, to the cost of the dress. And hopefully this way, 
Um, not only will we be making sales, but the brides will have a chance to see the gowns actually on themselves and make their purchase so that when the restrictions lift, um, they'll be able to get to get married and they won't have to worry about, you know, shopping for gowns. Yeah, I, I think that's fabulous. Um, it, it, did you get this idea from the industry? Uh, you do, you, are you involved? Yes. With, uh, yeah. Um, actually, um, one of the um, one of the companies designers um, that we deal with, they actually um, did a webinar um, suggesting virtual appointments and how to do it. A lot of um, boutiques in in the United States. Um, did it back in March and April. They were very successful with it. Now, the American market is very different than the Canadian market. And we're in Northern Ontario, which is a whole different ball game from South Ont Southern Ontario. I said, sometimes I wish we had moved to Toronto <laughs> back right. when we first got married. It would, it would be a whole lot easier um, in this type of business. Um, so our market's really different. Brides didn't want to do it back then. You know, we had no um, but now um, we just started offering it again. Um, I think the first post went up on what's today? Today's Monday, right? No, today's Tuesday. No, today's Monday. Okay. okay. Um, see, I don't even know what day. To, every day is a Monday right now. Right. Exactly. <laughs> um, so the first post went up Monday night or Sunday night. Sorry. Uh, no, Saturday night. The first um, online COVID clearance gowns pictures went up last night. And we're already getting feedback. I've I've already booked two virtual um, appointments. I have a third one. I'm just waiting to hear back when she wants to do it. Um, and the COVID clearance gowns that have been posted online are being shared by a lot of people. So um, I think now our market is ready because they yeah. realize this thing isn't isn't making it easy for them if they want to get married this year. Right. Right. No, I think it's fabulous. I, I, you, we got to be creative and nimble and um, responsive, right? And uh, especially, you know, like you were saying, the the gowns start to stack up, you know, with season upon season as this time goes by. And uh, yeah, finding well, when the, the when the first shutdown hit back in March, um, in March and April, we received two hundred bridal gowns. I'm not counting mothers and bridesmaids. Um, <clears throat> 200 bridal gowns for our spring season, uh, which of course didn't happen because we were closed for three months. Right. Then in September, um, we started getting our fall gowns. And now keeping in mind, we, we order six to nine months in advance. Right. So six to nine months in advance, you don't know what's happening. Right. Um, so in September, grant you, we did pare back our um, fall buy a, a little bit, but not much because most of our fall buy was done in March before the shutdown happened, before, you know, things blew up. So we probably had another 150 gowns come in um, in September. And now December and January, um, and again, because of just the way the situation is, we have uh, around a hundred gowns coming in now because of the shutdowns because of brides postponing and whatnot very few of those gowns were sold plus we probably had um we usually stock anywhere depending on the time of year 
um, we have anywhere from 250 to 400 gowns in the store. In the store. So right now, um, we'll be doing inventory next week, but I have at least 600 gowns in the store that are all from the last two seasons and the new season, uh, which nobody's been able to buy. Right, right. Well, the good news for your clients is there's a big selection, right? <laughs> and they're going to get some really good prices. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Everybody loves the scale. <laughs> we we always have good we always have good prices because we um, we don't price the standard industry markup. Um, you know, we realize that we're in Northern Ontario. We realize that incomes here are not quite as high as they are in the larger centers. Um, so we we price enough to keep us basically our, our whole business um, has been we price to keep us in business give us a little bit of reserve so you know for capital expenditures and whatnot and pay our staff a decent wage yeah so we're not uh, you know everybody says oh you've got a small business you know it must be nice you're rich well no we're not no. rich we've <laughs> never been rich and we're never going to be rich with our business model that we follow but we yeah. live comfortably We've saved, we've invested, we've taken um, educated risks, I guess you could say, yeah. and uh, and we're happy with the life that we have. We don't want to be rich. We we have everything we need, you know. Well, there are different, I, I, different definitions of rich, and I would say that in um, some measures, you are very rich uh, with the life. We we life. are. To us, money isn't everything. It's <laughs> it's, it's family. Not. It's enjoying each other. It's enjoying life. It's getting together with friends and family. It's the ability to travel and see different places, learn different cultures, meet different people, learn different languages. Hey, you know, I'm an English only um, is my first language. Um, I'm proficiently enough now in Italian and Spanish. I'm not fluent by any means, but, you know, I don't worry when I'm in Italy and I don't worry when I'm in a Spanish speaking country, which we've been to many. Right. Um, because I can get along, I can get anything that's that's necessary, and even in a medical uh, environment, uh, which we have encountered in our travels, um, I'm okay. I can I can manage. Yeah, and that's what's that's what's important. That that's what makes us rich. Yes, absolutely. Well, this has been just a wonderful interview, and I just appreciate you taking the time so much and. I know uh, we'll get all get through this and uh, have a, a great uh, 2021 that may be later in the year, but I think um, things will turn around and uh, it, this experience that we've all been through, I think will provide us with lots of lessons, some of which we may not know at this point in time <laughs> what they are, <laughs> but, uh, but I know, um, I know your, your future will be um, bright as well with the attitude that you have um, and, and your philosophy about um, how you, how you work with people is, is, uh, is pretty cool. Well, I'll leave you with two things that have made a world of difference uh, in our life and, and in our future life. It, it will also make a dis difference. Stay safe, stay well, and keep planning. And remember, it's not what you make, it's what you don't spend. This episode of the Overseas Life Redesign podcast was brought to you by our sponsors. Thanks for tuning in. 
Did you love this episode of the Overseas Life Redesign Podcast? Then please subscribe to our show and leave us a nice review. It's very much appreciated. We invite you to visit www.overseasliferedesign.com and take the Are You Ready for an Overseas Life Relocation Readiness Quiz. We'd also love for you to become part of our OLR community on Facebook. Thank you for listening. Thank you.